0: Welcome to the VG Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. I've
1: been playing tennis for a long time, huh, Father? Uh-huh. I've been? Yeah, you've been. You said you were a tennis player for as long as I've been alive. Yeah, how old are you? I'm almost 30.
2: And I'm almost 41. Uh So I started when I was 11 or 12. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but I never. Nobody ever taught me how to play properly, so I play in my own unique style.
0: That doesn't yeah. surprise me.
2: <laughs> what, what do you mean by that?
0: You have your own unique style, which is joyful. I don't. It's nothing I bad.
2: I do. I
1: play joyfully. Is that yes, what you're trying to say? Yeah.
0: I think you do everything joyfully. <laughs> I mean, is there anything you don't do joyfully? Well, he oh, was no. he was
1: feeling a little bad as as he went into. I mean, you our, won joyfully for sure. I felt well, bad when, when, when we I beat Austin so badly. Six one six love when when we. <laughs> <laughs> when he got to about his tenth match, he was telling me about other seminarians that he plays against that they kind of like make the opponent feel okay as as they're as he's beating them. Yeah, but seminarian said, Alex Jimenez. Yeah, but you don't have that that skill is what
2: you No, talking. yeah, I just have to play the way I play. But Alex, he's like the <laughs> best player ever. He's really, really good. But then when he, it's not that he plays down to your level, he hits it he plays in such a way that he keeps it in play. He doesn't Certainly. hit winners against you over right, and over and right, over again right, and right. make you feel so like – So that
0: there is some volley in happening. Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. a
2: fun game. Yeah. Alex knows how to do that really well. He keeps the ball in play, and so you enjoy the game. You know, Alex, he, but that's his heart. He has a very charitable, loving heart. I have a heart of, of – uh, what? Uh, of cold? No, a heart, well, of, stone. Stone. Stone <laughs> heart of stone. Well, the problem is – Stone cold. A stone cold Winning. Heart. Well, the problem is that Father
1: Nick is the best. Father Father Nick Nick is is the best.
2: best. Wait, where is that from? (laughs) I don't like it when you all quote my homilies. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Vici Mundum Show. If you hadn't guessed, we're here with tennis rock star, uh, Father Nick Redmond, our parochial vicar. Thank you, but I'm not a tennis rock star. I'm really not very good at all. He's just a... Guy who can beat Austin in tennis. Just oh. a humble
0: tennis player. <laughs> just
1: <laughs> just your average humble tennis player. Are you saying I'm humble? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, Tina, of course, is here, and I'm Austin. And um, today we thought we'd talk a little bit about what, Father Nick, you have been a priest for... Eight, eight. months and five wow. days. Wow. Eight months and yeah, five days. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I'm curious just to hear what has been uh, – what have been some of the most powerful moments of your priesthood?
2: Well, the most powerful was when I powerfully defeated you in tennis. Wow. Uh,
1: <laughs> it surpassed I the remember, sacraments. I
0: remember that, that no, day no, well.
2: You know what? That was wrong. I, God forgive me. Oh, no. No, uh, that was a powerful moment though No, for no. you. Um, really, honestly – uh, I've had so many powerful moments. I keep track, I keep track of the different um, visits that I've made for like anointing mm. uh, of the sick. And I just, just noticing today I've had like 135 or something like that. Wow. And not, not, not 135 anointings, but 135 different visits or kind of those kinds of things. Yeah. And, uh, anointing type things or praying with, or, you know, whatever. And, and, and I was just thinking that wow, that's that's a lot, and you know, but that's it's really that's been kind of the coolest thing. Uh, hmm. And so I guess what what I'm saying is the cool, the biggest thing that just kind of has blown me away since becoming a priest has been the healing power of the priesthood, not of me, mm-hmm. but of like Christ kind of working through me or whatever through my you know humble hands, even though sometimes I'm not very humble at all, Uh, you know, but he, he, uh, you know, he's used me to, you know, like, for example, I mean, I try to, I try to hear confessions. It ends up being about six hours a week and the healing that happens in the confessional, it's like mind blowing, you know, and then the healing that happens at anointings, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I get a phone call and, you know, I go over, uh, to the hospital or to the nursing home or to people's homes or whatever. Sometimes I just kind of I like go over there and I just try to meet mm-hmm. with them and it's just mm-hmm. you know these people who who have you know some of them are, are super duper Catholic, been Catholic their whole lives, and they're they're on fire, and others have like you know maybe barely Catholic. at all. I've had a couple where they weren't Catholic, oh, wow. and they, but the 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 spouse called who was Catholic and they and they wanted. The, the, the dying person who was not Catholic wanted to become Catholic on their mm-hmm. deathbed. Wow. I've had four of those, you know, four people on their deathbed wanting to become Catholic. And I didn't like, like push it or anything. I just I, I verified. I said, yeah. So do you, is this really what you want? Do you want to become Catholic? And they did. And, and, you know, so that means, you know, I confirmed them as a Catholic. One of them was a baptism and then wow. a, a, a confirmation. And then, uh, you know, it's just it's such powerful. Encounters, And and it's no surprise, because what are the sacraments? The sacraments are an encounter with Jesus. That's what a sacrament is. It's an encounter with Jesus. You know, the the baptism is the encounter into the, it's an entry into the whole life of Jesus, you know, into the life of the sacraments. The Eucharist, obviously, is, is an encounter with Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity. Well, the confession, the sacrament of penance is an encounter with, the mercy of jesus of, of god and then uh the anointing the sick is in an encounter with the healing power
1: mm-hmm. of
2: jesus and you know so all of these sacraments are in an encounter with jesus but in kind of in a different way and the the healing's real i mean i've yeah the healing of body mind and soul
1: mm-hmm. i've kind of seen all of that 's what I was going to ask you just to talk a little bit about those distinctions of of healing what is that what, what is kind of the nature of healing? You said body, mind, soul are those the three main areas that yeah, I would to say need?
2: those are the big ones, but you also could have healing of relationships mm. uh, that 's happened a lot healing of relationships where family you know members who who never you know have butted heads have had lots of difficulties somehow in the sacrament they come together and they want to be with their loved one, you know, even if it's been strained for so many years, it can be an opportunity for great healing in that way too but um you know healing a mind you know there's you know there's a lot of distress and um, uncertainty you know about death and and dying and just illness in general, even those who who may you know just who may be going into a surgery that happens frequently. somebody just has this great anxiety about going into a surgery. And uh, the sacrament brings them healing of mind, mm-hmm. you know, brings them peace of mind, um, you know, healing a soul, you know, the, the, a lifetime of of hurts, you know, hurts uh, from sin, hurts from other people's sin, mm-hmm. from not being loved the way they're supposed to be loved, uh, just all sorts of hurts over a course of a lifetime. And even the illness or the injury itself creates uh it does does damage to the soul or it can do damage to the soul as well because you know it's it can cause you to feel abandoned. It can cause you to feel like maybe God doesn't love you or that others don't love you. And so that does damage. And so that the anointing is another opportunity for for a healing of soul. And then Mm -hmm. it can also bring healing of body. And I've had a number I've had one particular case where somebody was healed in body and every, I mean, the doctors thought she was going to die. You know, they, wow. she's ninety-two years old. The doctors, I found out a few days after, you know, actually found a couple of weeks after the whole thing happened that the doctors had come and they were, when they came around the next day after the anointing, they they were like, "Wait, why is she still here?" It was an ICU. They thought for sure she mm-hmm. should be dead, mm-hmm. and she was not. You know, they, she's ninety-two. They said a woman half her age would not have survived. Uh, what was you know, the the blood loss and all the other stuff that she had gone through. But she uh she now she's like she's been traveling, she went down to Florida, she's been on a cru I think she's going on a cruise or something. Yeah, she's just a, a remarkable woman. She's coming yeah. to mass, and what's happened from that is that family members have yearned for the faith. You know, one of the granddaughters wanted to get married in the church, another granddaughter wants to get baptized. It's like, you know, that's that kind of it's a healing of body, which has then created healing of faith or a restoration of faith or an igniting of faith, you know? So it's, Mm. God works that way. And it's, you know, again, it's not because of me, it's because that's how he wants, you know, that's his plan. So it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. I I think that's a beautiful thing that, uh, um, that story in particular, where the family kind of came along, uh, with them that it, uh, Is that something that you've seen um, in other areas of ministry, where where people come, like like maybe through a funeral or something like that, that that it kind of reignites people's desire to be with Jesus? I think it can. I think
2: yeah. I mean, I I think the Lord uses all sorts of these kinds of encounters. He, you know, He uses the faithful, who are all of us here, Mm -hmm. to bring those who. you know have have fallen away or having difficulties or have questions or whatever he uses us to bring them in you know and and so yeah it can be an anointing but it also happens at funerals it happens here in the outreach center you know Mm -hmm. with with Mm -hmm. with people seeing christ you know in in the in Mm -hmm. the giving and helping of the poor you know um it happens in so many ways it happens i don't know it happens countless ways we can't count the number of ways but of course these you know kind of a uh Special moments of you know healing are going to be big ones, and that would be a, like an anointing. That would be like a funeral. It Could be a wedding. Hmm. Um, it could be a baptism. Any of the sacraments, really. Um, but it could also be you know going going out uh, at the mall or something. Or I don't know, you know, people like if I go skiing and I'm wearing my my collar and and people are like, huh. Yeah, oh, that guy has a collar. I oh, haven't been to Mass in a long time, you know, and so it's you just don't know. Yeah, know? yeah. Or you know, when we wear, you know, if we wear a cross around our neck, or or, or just things that they can't quite see, but they just mm-hmm. they perceive.
0: Mm-hmm. Initially, when I heard you um, speaking of of healing and having uh, gone uh, to, out to so many people um, and encountered. Uh, uh, some form of prayer that was needed or anointing or whatever. Um, my initial question inside was, um, "Would you, do you see the world um, differently um, uh, as, a, as a world that's uh, in need of healing uh, with encountering so many people? But then on the backside of that, as I hear you tell the stories, there's so much um, healing that takes place um, that uh, the, um, the original daunting part of it um, being to me uh, looking on and seeing a world full of people hurting in a variety of ways, uh, that that is almost quelled or um, uh, takes a back seat to to the joy of seeing healing and restoration yeah, of, of yeah. some of the hurts that are out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely changes the way I see the world. I mean, you you kind you just touched on it. You know, it's like there is a world of hurt out there. So when yeah. I dr- when I'm driving, yeah. you know. I like to say I'm an assertive driver. You know, I, I, you know. Now I'm
1: not. I'm, I don't mm-hmm. like to think I'm aggressive. Or
0: I'm, I'm being reminded of the tennis match in my
1: <laughs> when he says assertive. I did, I did ride with you the other day. <laughs> assertive is a good word. All right, thank you. But
2: you know, like if somebody's driving slow in the left lane, you yes. know, and like I get, you know, I might get frustrated. But then I think to myself, and I really try to do this. Yeah. And you know, you know, maybe this person is, you know, is is, um, you know, maybe they're hurt. Yeah, uh, and my, my getting mad at him or hawking at him or anything like that was just going to be like a uh, a knife in the wound, yeah, twisting yeah, the yeah, knife yeah. in the wound, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, why well, you know it's it's not worth it to 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 add to the hurt in the world. And so, I, I, because of this healing that I've been able to see, I, I see how hurt the world is, right. hmm. and I need to always, as best as I can, be an instrument of healing right, right. instead of hurting. Mm-hmm. You know and that you know that's tough because you know I like any like a lot of people I I do get frustrated on the when I'm driving on I64 and people are driving slow in the left lane yeah. if any of your listeners are here you need to know that that's against the law <laughs> <laughs> The law is that doesn't matter what the speed limit is, you have to go. If you're not passing somebody, you have to go in the right lane. Or if you're not taking a left exit, but you have to go All in the right, right. lane. We're,
1: we're going to start a new series of, of <laughs> Father Nick rants. Rants with Father Redmond.
2: Well, I, mean, I just don't think people realize this. You
1: know. I'm hurt, trying to help. The hurt but you they're know what? They, by yeah, slowing
0: traffic down. They, they need to be healed of
1: this. <laughs> Oh man, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> one question I had for you father was uh the anointing of the sick in particular comes with oil. What's the purpose of of the oil?
2: Oh yeah, you know, right. I think oil it's it's one of the coolest uh symbols. I mean, it's it's um, you know, and I actually try to explain this to the person whom I'm anointing. You know, I, I there's a lot of symbolism to it. I I'll just let me just mention I guess four of them. Uh four of the kind of the symbol where so the first is Oil is a symbol of strength, okay? Mm. In ancient times, and even now, I mean, wrestlers will, will oil, their, you know, oil their muscles to mm-hmm. show off how strong they are. You know, and so it's a symbol of strength, that oil. It's also a symbol of slipperiness, okay? Oil is slippery. Well, when we're grasping onto Jesus, you know, remember, the devil is going around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, We're supposed to resist them. Well, if we're holding on to Jesus, you know, and the sacraments really tight, then we will be too slippery for the devil to get. Okay, Mm -hmm. So it has that symbolism. Um, It's also a symbol of royalty. You know, um, uh, since ancient times, again, uh, they have anointed kings and queens with oil. And it's a sign that we have a place reserved for us as heirs to the kingdom. We are... We share in that royalty, hmm. okay. In baptism, we were made priest, prophet, king. Okay, that royal, hmm. that royalty as king is, is symbolized with that oil. And then the last one I think that's kind of cool uh, is oil is more um, is more um, permanent than water is. Okay, so water is you know obviously the great symbol of in uh, you know matter of baptism. Washing with, uh, you know, pouring with water. Well, oil has sticks a little bit more. And when 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 somebody's sick, they they really need um, to know that somebody's with them and staying with them. You know, so there's something about that. There's a connectedness that remains with oil. And so I think all of that symbolism. Really makes that that particular sacrament very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very rich in the symbolism. There's other symbols, you know, other other uh, things about the anointing that are also the, about oil that, that add to it. But I think those are kind of the, those are four really cool yeah. uh, symbols.
0: Is the oil um, that's done for anointing? Is it fragranced with something?
2: No, uh, the, which uh, one is which the one? Of the chrism oils? oil is oh, okay. yeah. So uh, the uh, oil of the sick is just is just a uh, special blessed mm-hmm. oil by mm-hmm. the bishop. Um, and actually, the rite allows for if, – if, if a priest or if a priest were to run out of oil or not have oil, he can use – I think it's any vegetable oil. And he can, oh, really? A, you can do – there's a little thing where you can bless th- that oil. Like so uh, you, you get a call and you got to go to somebody's house and they're sick. Oh, where are my oils? I don't have them with me. They can get out some olive oil from the kitchen and you can – there's a part where you can bless the oil right there and um, – but I've never had to do that. I kind of – I try to be prepared. prepared. you know. I,
1: so I keep my oil – At least the ready ready first eight months. <laughs> so good. far. I'm, I'm gonna
0: <laughs> See him with a cape and a bag in hand.
1: <laughs> ready The doctor is here. Yeah, well, you know,
2: actually, I need to get one of those – another one of those oil things because I – you never know. Like if I – I want to have – keep my chrism oil with me also because – you never do know if if you might come across somebody who on a in a highway accident or something and yeah. or whatever and, and they they also maybe they want to be confirmed you know right. and so the chrism oil that's the one that smells good it, and it, yeah. it really does it. and yeah, we use it, it, it for baptism yeah. you know and it smells great and confirmation but then also um, oh yeah that's it so uh, and then
1: wait. It's not yeah. in marriage, is it? No, 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 no. So, does holy orders use oil?
2: Yes, they use chrism oil, and they put it in the palms of my hands. And you know, this is one of the my hands are anointed. What a beautiful, uh, you know, sign of, of use of the of the oil. Uh, you know, it's it's very humbling. It's a very All humbling right. uh, um, sacrament to you know to have my hands anointed uh, with oil. The hands that are then con- consecrated, so that they can. Consecrate the bread and wine, and to become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. That's really powerful. So yeah, the the anointing of the hands, uh, holy with, and that
0: was done with the chrism oil. It was,
2: crack, yeah, huh? yeah. And so you can smell it on your hands for a while afterwards. It's pretty pretty awesome.
1: If if I were listening right now and thinking, I don't know if I if I need this sacrament. Like, what what would be some indications that that anointing of the sick might be good for? okay yeah
2: i mean well here's the thing a lot of people think that anointing of the sick means when they call for the priest it means death death Mm -hmm. is imminent and so they won't call because they don't want the person to die and i've had that where family members don't want to be there because they think it means that the person's going to die you know and so um that's kind of sad that's not what it's meant to be at all uh in fact in in the reading today um um, we see that uh, this is from uh, the Gospel of Mark. He says, uh, "The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them." Okay, hmm. so the point of it is to cure. I mean, it's it's a it's it's about curing. It's about healing. And so, to think that oh, when the priest comes, that means the person's going to die. Well, you know, they might die, uh, but they might be cured, uh, and we don't know what God's will is. And so. Pretty much anybody who is, who is you know, seriously sick ought to be uh, anointed. Definitely anybody who's near death. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and if possible, receive uh, viaticum mm-hmm. and, and receive all the, uh, the last rites, as we say. You mm-hmm. know?
1: Viaticum would mean receiving the Eucharist. That's
2: right. Yeah. Viaticum is the Eucharist. And it's food for the journey. You know? mm-hmm. and, and every Catholic not only has a right to it, but really has an obligation, if possible, to receive that. Uh, you know, to kind of make try to make arrangements for that to happen. Um, so, food for the journey, and then um, you know, but then penance is also part of it. You know, uh, you know, but it's the uh, if you if you have if one has you know mortal sin on their on their conscience, then mm. uh, it can kind of be a block to receiving the fullness of the graces. And so, it's really important to, uh, if possible, to to receive uh, penance, even if it's a if the necessity of it is that it be a more general type of penance, mm-hmm. some sort of some sort of um, you know the, the sacrament of reconciliation. needs should should ideally happen, you yeah, know, yeah, if, yeah, especially at the point of death. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even other times, you know, any good Catholic you know, ought to be you know confessing you know often if possible, you know. Yeah. So you know, minimum of well, it just depends. So
1: yeah. So what if you're what if you're in like um, a bad relationship or something, and, and you just are are kind of torn up over it. Is that an appropriate time to get anointing? No, sick? no, I don't think so. No, okay. it's
2: it's really it really it's is for those physical. who are sick. Uh, physical, yeah, it, it, it's supposed to be, from my understanding, you know, my and I took a class on this. You know, we spent a long time on this on this question. Um, you know, it should be a, a, a an illness, a physical illness uh, that. It's supposed to be from threats within, hmm. so um, illness, injury, that sort of thing. Something that that's hap- you know. But don't generally um, anoint because um, you, you. For example, you wouldn't anoint somebody before they went into battle, okay? Oh, because really? That's, that's not that. That would be an appropriate time for the sacrament of reconciliation. Sure. What you about know?
0: somebody with like an addiction?
2: So, I, you know, that's, that's a good question,
1: you know. I'm addicted to coffee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we could tell this morning. Can we have an anointing? anointing
1: (laughs) That's really what I'm getting at here. Is this going to fix the coffee addiction? That's right.
0: Can we end this thing with an anointing? Yeah. Yeah, You
2: know, know, the the thing we got to remember, like, so for an addiction, if the addiction is Causing somebody to be actually in danger of death in that kind of situation, that might be an area where okay, we can yeah. do an anointing, but definitely on top of the other sacraments, you know, especially reconciliation. But, but, um, it, it, it's supposed to be for in danger of death, but then the other time, in danger of death because of serious illness or injury, but also just by being uh elderly, one can mm-hmm. receive. Anointing of the sick when they're of you know when they're when they're getting up there in age, even if they're not seriously ill or uh, injured or anything like that, but they're just their age actually uh, puts them in, a, if you will, at danger of death. And, right, and right. it's really a great thing for you know el- elderly people to just receive the strengthening that the sacrament provides.
1: Yeah. And so the, the the anointing of the sick. Now I know um, deacons can can perform some sacraments, but they cannot do that one, right? That's, That's correct. Yeah, okay. uh, deacons is cannot... that
0: because it involves the sacrament of reconciliation, or no? Why is that that deacons can't?
2: Um, I don't know the historical reasons. My my guess would be that in many ways it really is um, it is tangling with uh, with uh, you know with 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 strong spiritual things going on there um but i I think you know I don't know if you see situations in the scriptures of of deacons going and anointing, at least not as we understand anointing right, mm-hmm. right. um so yeah it's it's definitely reserved for priests though. So, mm-hmm. yeah um I'd have to research why sure yeah, you know, you know, I wish I knew more about that, yeah. Yeah, and I may know more about it if I if I had I probably have it in my notes in my from my class, but I just
1: don't remember. Right. Yeah, so, but yeah, the we'll the let you off minister. The hook, yeah,
2: yeah, the minister. And, and now other like baptism, anyone can baptize. Even a non baptized person can baptize.
1: Yeah, I find that amazing.
2: That's, yeah, yeah, because that's because of how mm-hmm. important it is for somebody to be baptized. You know, it's it really mm-hmm. is the, the 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 way into a life of Christ with Christ, and so in the in a situation of life and death. A non-baptized person could baptize.
1: Well, in a um, sense, that's kind of like the the initial healing that you receive, right? right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's the entryway into yeah. It's it's a wash and clean. It's a healing, yeah. of course. Um, it's a, it's though it's viewed not as a sacrament of healing so much as a sacrament of initiation, right? Mm. Uh, but still, of course, there's healing involved. Um, yeah, um, it's cool. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so certain sacraments, though, yeah. You know, and I've heard stories I've heard stories of of uh you know maybe people you know doing anointings that were not priests and you know that that's you're messing with fire you're playing with fire there because you know that's definitely against canon law and you you are subject to penalties um, including uh you know if you're a cleric and like if you're a deacon doing it you know doing an anointing that that would be something that could get you in serious trouble, hmm. and um, yeah, I think the canon law says there's a just penalty that mm. can be imposed. Uh, so
1: whatever they, that means, excellent. They would need they would need to go to confession and get some healing, <laughs> clearly, and
2: get a good canon lawyer.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Nick is the best. Nick is like the best. best. I'm not a canon lawyer. That was this a, uh, a pitch, Father? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Call We're Father Nick in. today. <laughs> Get your I'm like lawyer. one of those ambulance chaser canon lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Anointing chasers.
2: Oh, that, that is something. I should be one of
1: those. Oh, this is so much heresy I in the last have, couple
2: of years. I did have one of those... <laughs> Yeah, I did have one of those situations where the, I saw a car accident happen right in front of me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Right here on uh, Hampton Road Center uh, Center whatever. Parkway. Parkway. Yeah. Did you
0: have your cape in your bag with you?
2: I did not have my cape, <laughs> 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 but I ran out. I was the first guy, of you know, sure, the first one of out, and the, and the guy was out of it. He was out. Oh cold. wow! Uh, but I, I asked him if he was baptized, and he said he was. So I yeah, said, "Okay, Mike, drop your He kind of came to, uh, and he and. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he was out of it, and then when he came to, I asked. Obviously, I asked him if yes. he was all right. Yes, of course. Right. Right. Yes, you know. But um, <laughs> but you know, I I I was like, man, this could really happen. It was like in the first couple of months of my priesthood, I was right. like, man, you know, this is what a this is, a this is real. I've yeah, <laughs> never had a car accident like this in front of me in my life, and now this happens. It's crazy. Yeah. So. Uh, may, it may just be because I moved down here to Newport News where everything's crazy.
0: It is. <laughs> it is a crazy town.
1: Yeah. Well I love we love it. We fit right in.
0: Yeah. Born and raised here. Were you born and raised yeah. here? Yeah. I like
1: Newport News. Mm-hmm. It's a cool town. Yeah. Good news, Virginia. Well, on that note <laughs> Um, we have hit about the, the thirty minute mark. So um any any closing remarks on healing, father? Or
2: um, just just how important it is that how important faith is to healing. Mm. You see, throughout Scripture, that it was the faith of the person that healed mm. him or her. It was their faith that healed him. And so, uh, you know, Jesus sees, says that multiple times. We it's and it's true for us. Mm. And I think in in the case of that ninety two year old woman, there was true faith there mm. going on, and and uh, and I think that. That's really important, you know, and so, and that kind of faith, you know, to be honest with you, is is not something that we can, you know, force on anybody else, uh, and it's almost, it's a gift, hmm. you know, it's a gift that you, that you have to receive, and if you don't have it, if your faith is kind of wavering, just ask for it, hmm. ask God in prayer for that, the gift of faith, and I think he gives it, I think he really gives it, and in uh, surprising ways, and so, uh how important the faith is. Yeah, so you gotta to try to develop the faith and, and support the faith and do things to that, that kind of help the faith grow. Um and just live in the sacraments and then healing can really, really, truly happen. And uh being open, being open to the work of, of Christ, you know, through his humble or my case, prideful ministers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> well, that reminds me of a story, a uh, quick story of a, a priest shared with me once. He said uh, he was talking to this lady, he, he was watching her pray, and she was praying and kind of crying a lot and was obviously going through a lot. So she finished her prayer and he walked over and said, um, You know, do you mind me asking, is, is everything okay? And she was like, Oh, yes, Father. He said, You know, you seem like you're upset. And she said, Well, um, I was praying that uh, that God would would heal my uh, my husband, who's been an alcoholic, and there's been so many problems, and uh, and so so I was praying very hard for that. Um, and and the priest said, "Oh, that's that's good, that's good. Do you think he'll ever he'll ever uh, he'll ever get healed?" And she said, "Oh, that man's been an alcoholic for so long; he'll never be healed." And he said, "Well, let it be done to you according to your faith."
2: Wow! <laughs> Just like what Jesus said. Okay, I mean, it, yeah. that's
1: intense. But yeah, but yeah. kind of what you were saying—that that that mm-hmm. that, uh, that faith element is so so critical. Yeah, because yeah, that yeah. and there's that verse too in the in the gospels where Jesus said he could not perform mighty deeds because of the lack of faith. Yeah, he found in that absolutely. Town. So yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, Father, thanks so much, and Tina, thanks. This is great talking about Thank healing, you, and yeah, that's uh, sounds like a very fruitful eight months of priesthood so far. So we we're very awesome. blessed with your your tennis playing skills at our at our uh, honest, and- I'm really not good at tennis.
0: I mean, <laughs> that's really, really sad. Like, I mean, that's like, really like I'm really not. Yeah, really really that's really
1: salt a- in the wound for, for me. Oh because yeah, he got beat for me. So yeah, badly. holy smokes! <laughs> no, if you're not good, what does that say about me?
0: Jeez. I think I think. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. You know, I, you know, I think this pride thing, uh, I have, I think it's rooted in insecurity.
0: Okay. We'll talk about that next time. What yeah. do you
2: think? Yeah, that uh.
1: sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thanks so much. And on that note, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray, pray for, for us. us. God bless all of you. Thanks again for tuning in. We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at vichimundum1633 at gmail.com. Or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady of Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to Vichy Mundum. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you, and we look forward to talking with you soon. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Great.